listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 29th of September 2021. Later, shares hit a four-month high, uh, low during the day, but first let's talk about the housing market. It's increasingly likely rules requiring banks to make it harder for people for to approve home loans will be tightened. The most recent data from APRA showed an increasing share of new residential mortgages are being approved for people who need to borrow six times their annual income. Now, that could lead to higher credit growth, and that was referenced by the Council of Financial Regulators today. For more, I spoke earlier with Judo Bank's economic advisor, Warren Hogan. Warren, what's in the statement from the Council of Financial Regulators that implies tighter lending rules are on the horizon? Well, very briefly, they just mentioned that APRA is now being commissioned to release a paper to talk about what macro prudential policies they can implement to cool the housing market down. So it was a very brief comment, as most of the uh, insights that they provide in this statement are, but it's a really sort of clear signal that in the absence of higher interest rates, APRA is going to be keeping a close eye on the housing market and whether it's overheating. So they're not necessarily worried about lending standards as such, but rather leverage. So are Australians borrowing too much? Well, look, by historical terms, no. Um, Household debt to income ratios are pretty stable. Um, But in terms of new mortgages, we're borrowing at unprecedented rates, over 30 billion a month at the moment. And look, it isn't credit standards. They went out of their way to say that credit standards remain quite good. The issue is the quantum of borrowing. And and the reason they're worried is, of course, too much debt. And the risk is that higher rates or some shock to the economy could see um, that that debt turn a a downturn into a major recession. So if they do foreshadow tightening rules, won't that prompt a rush of buyers into the market? And is that potentially why we haven't really seen stronger language around this? Yeah, it's a very interesting policy approach. Very much a soft signal that APRA is going to look at it and that they may do something in the future. And I think with a looming federal election, this all suggests that this will happen very slowly. But of course, on the ground, in the market, the, the response could be to get in while you can if, if credit's going to suddenly become harder to get hold of later in the year or early next year. So perversely, what you might find is this policy approach of a soft signal may actually create more activity and create a bit of a frenzy, which is exactly what they're trying to avoid. How do you see it all playing out and how should the rules be tightened? Well, look, I'm not a big uh, supporter of macro prudential. The reforms of the 1980s were all about getting rid of these quantity controls and focusing on prices, in this case, the interest rate. I think the fact that they're looking at this shows that interest rates are too low. And of course, if their macro prudential policies are successful and they crunch down on the availability of credit, you will find that the housing market does turn down and could turn down quite sharply. So look, I think they are going to do something next year because the fundamentals are so strong and the RBA is committed to keeping rates low for an extended period. This is their only policy tool. But it all suggests that once this housing boom has run its course, whether that be in 12 months or in two years, there is a hangover likely. And I'm, I'm not confident that house prices are, are going to be able to sustain these kind of increases for much longer. 
you mentioned the RBA and its its tool in terms of interest rates. The RBA says it doesn't have a role to play when it comes to house prices. What do you think is its role? Well, they think their role is just simply and squarely to get inflation to between 2 and 3%. Their target that has now been in place since the early 1990s, 30 years now almost. And of course, in doing that, to get unemployment as low as possible. But the reality is house prices going up equity markets going up. This is inflation. And this is all uh, because of low interest rates. The fact that house prices are going up, whether it's in Burke or in Vaucluse, is a reflection of the fact that this is entirely being driven by low rates. And the fact that the RBA is not taking house prices into consideration, I think is going to lead to worse policy outcomes and the potential for more volatility in the economy. It all stems from one simple issue, and that's that their inflation target is too high and out of step with the global inflation trends and what they realistically can achieve. Warren Hogan there from Judo Bank to the Australian share market now, which fell the S&P A6200 down 1.1% to 7,196. It follows a pretty weak lead from Wall Street amid a I guess a, a wall of worries. For more, I spoke earlier with Stuart Roberts from Stocks Down Under. Stuart, there are a number of international forces at play hitting the market right now. Everything from the US, rising bond yields, inflation, China, COVID, global supply chains, the iron ore price. But what do you think is the key driver at the moment that has influenced trade today and over the past few days, given we've seen a a fair bit of softness in the market? Uh, Very much interest rates. Um, uh, we don't know whether there's going to be a, a war starting in, uh, in East Asia or whether the iron oil price is going down, but we do know that interest rates are going up in just about every market in the world. And when that happens, people get worried that, uh, that the, the, the good times are, are coming to a conclusion because the cost of money is going up and, uh, and it's best just to sell everything. Now, that doesn't really bother me long, long term because money is still pretty inexpensive. You've got to go back to 2006 before uh, interest rates are, uh, are uh, at the 10-year bond rate in the US at 5% before I'd get worried, and it's only about 1.5% at the moment. But, yeah, just on a day-to-day basis, that's got everyone scared. Also seeing this issue of rising bond yields at the moment, what's its relationship with the share market? Right. So when, when, um, when bond yields are going up, the market's going down. The concern is that uh, the cost of funding, uh, everything from people's mortgages to the kind of debt burden that companies are carrying, that will suddenly become a little bit more expensive. Uh, and uh, that's a relationship that's been around as long as markets have been around. You can't shake it in a hurry. The other um, issue grabbing headlines last week anyway was China and Evergrande. We haven't heard a lot about it lately. Now we're also hearing about these uh, power outages in, in China, energy curbs, a slowing economy. How much of that and China is a worry for you? Not at all. I'm pretty bullish on, on, on China. If it was a bank in trouble, I'd worry. But the Chinese banking system and the monetary authorities between them can sort out uh, the, the woes of, of just one over-leveraged property company. Um, and as for uh, power shortages in China, well, that's easy. They just need to import more coal from Australia. Uh, ideally, uh, burning coal is not uh, something you'd want to do in the, uh, in the medium to long, long term. But uh, the, the, uh, the ability is there to get through what could be a cold winter, uh, albeit at uh, the sort of higher coal prices that are going to benefit uh, companies like Whitehaven and others. So given all of that, uh, where do you see the opportunities right now? How are you investing? We're uh, very bullish on the energy space at the moment. Uh, the, the east coast of Australia is running short of gas at the moment, so companies like Beach Energy are well positioned to take advantage of that. Um, we're also very bullish on uranium 
because uh, we, we see that in, um, in the era in which uh, Joe Biden and others are working towards uh, uh, zero emission emissions by 2050, nuclear energy is going to be part of the mix. And in that environment, uh, there's going to be more demand from uranium than there has been for the last uh, decade or so. Uh, in that environment, there's a lot of Australian companies that have been true believers on uranium that will benefit in this new era. And just finally, one of the corporate stories of the day, Telstra held a, a, a conference uh, with its shareholders. It says it's confident of maintaining $0.16 cent per share dividend today. Has the company really turned a corner? Absolutely, it has. Telstra's uh, turned the corner in mid-2018. It was a long time coming. They spent about four or five years in the wilderness. But under uh, current CEO Andy Penn, uh, they're going to grow quite strongly, taking a lot of costs out of the business not having all the trouble of NBN and remaining a pretty uh, strong brand in the telecommunications marketplace at a time when we were going for 5G. So uh, this has got a, a bit of legs to it. That was Stuart Roberts there from Stocks Down Under. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.